0: what's up everybody welcome to the 67th draft of the untitled movie podcast i am one of your hosts matt Rohrbeck, alongside my bfca buddy eric marchin
1: hey matt how are you
0: i'm good dude how about you
1: i'm slowly uh flaking my uh my skin is shedding uh that means it's probably almost summer
0: (laughs) is that a real thing or
1: (laughs) no 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 it's it's you haven't gotten any sun so no no and um, it's just dry inside the house, so my skin just tends to flake.
0: That's totally fair. For me, it's every morning I wake up with the driest eyes and the driest mouth possible. We don't have a great airflow in the condo. Uh, one thing Nevis hates is that there's a lot of dust, especially in Toronto's con- Toronto condos. So we've been um, trying to fix that, putting weatherproofing on our door and stuff. That's how I've you know spent a little bit of my time going to home right. hardware and doing shit uh, around the house. Actually, Nevis fixed it. She's the one who really did it properly. I suck. Um, so <laughs> to be honest, I started doing it and then I totally fucked it up and she came in and saved the day as per usual. Um, You might hear her in the background. She's cooking dinner. My dishwasher is also running. So if, you know what? That it is. It is what it is. <laughs> so
1: well, you better go catch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you been? Otherwise you haven't, uh, I mean, again, we're all stuck inside. Nothing has really changed, but No. Uh been up to anything?
1: Not really. Uh just staying inside, uh hanging out with myself, drinking a tea, uh watching. Still the no ice coffee, eh? No, I had one actually. Uh Ooh. I'm glad you brought this up. Um not homemade though. Uh my brother Connor, who uh actually listens to the podcast.
0: Oh, thanks, Connor. <laughs> what up?
1: Uh brought me a an nice coffee
0: nice heard from that, starbucks or
1: from starbucks yeah from,
0: nice yeah they're still open i've i've gotten starbucks delivered from uber eats uh, it's not the you could do that every day but it's going to cost you 10 plus dollars to order from starbucks every day but um i've done it once or twice cuz with my wonderful cold brew genie not a sponsor um i i'm in one of those in between days right now where i had my last uh, giant um, mason jar full of uh, coffee this morning and then um, I had to make a new batch today so it won't be ready until 9 30 tomorrow the The thing is 9 30 that's an okay coffee drinking time Um, but you keep it at room temperature to brew you don't put it in the fridge while it's brewing so like I don't know I hate drinking like you know lukewarm not lukewarm like room temperature cold brew And then, sure, you can throw some ice in there, but then the ice melts right away. You can't do that. So, tomorrow I might either go get some Starbucks or I've been going to the convenience store uh, right next door and they have the like glass bottles of cold brew because I have to have one every day or else I'll be a miserable piece of shit. So, I'm surprised you lasted as long as you did. I'm proud of you, but um...
1: it was like it was so weird having it for the first time again in, in almost six weeks um and you it felt Is that like, like it tasting
0: it for the first time
1: a little bit i mean it i was definitely uh i was rusty you know and just feeling that uh that delicious uh iced coffee but uh yeah thank thank you so much connor and uh you know really appreciate everything he's doing right now because you know he's a court officer so he's an essential worker and he has to you know work nine to five so yeah yeah
0: shout out to connor Yes, thank you. Um, Yeah, for me, I mean, not much has changed since we recorded last week. I haven't been out really all that much. Again, trying to avoid it. The weather's getting nicer here in Toronto. uh, So it's making a little bit more difficult um, to stay inside. Although I will do my part and I will stay inside um, other than, you know, uh, some exercise here and there. Um, But no, other than that, I've been really amping up my movie watching because like I really... March was abysmal for me. I only watched like six movies in March and um, I've been on a roll lately. I don't know, as quarantine, I guess, or or self-isolation continues, I guess. um, I don't know, you're finding different ways. I mean, movies are obviously a great time waster and um, I guess the gaming has gone down. Like I've I've been giving my gaming update at the beginning of each podcast, but um, Animal Crossing took up a ton of time. Then Final Fantasy VII took up a ton of time and then I think I took kind of like, you know, a week or so off and haven't really been playing all that much. Uh, Really stopped playing Animal Crossing for the most part. However, the last couple of days, I started to jump back into Animal Crossing. And um, uh, Eric, I bought a ton of turnips on Sunday. The stock market uh, is it, it, a good one, man. Today, Nevis and I sold all of our turnips for 503 bells each. So we each made... You know, I made a million plus bells. Nevis made two million plus bells. It was a good day today. So I paid off one of my home loans to Tom Nook. He, he's building <laughs> me a he's building me an upstairs now. So and I still got eight hundred thousand bells in the bank. Gonna buy some more, more turnips. This is probably a foreign language to a lot of people, but for those of you that play Animal Crossing, it'll make a ton of sense. I've also um sorry, did you have a question? no i'm just uh, (laughs) just gonna let you riff there (laughs) i've also um this is more in your wheelhouse but um a new predator video game came out uh last week called predator hunting grounds oh you know Um, me
1: love those predators
0: and then um i want to pick it up and try it it's like um a five player uh online only multiplayer game where four people play the marines and and one person plays as the predator so the Marines have to go through a, a mission, um, and while the Predator hunts them, and the way to win is either to complete the mission or kill the Predator, or for the Predator to kill all the Marines. Um, so I've been watching a bunch of that on Twitch. I I haven't pulled the trigger on on buying it because I just I can't justify like a fifty dollar game. It's fifty dollars Canadian. I think it's probably thirty or forty in the U.S. Um, for something that's like you know. It's fun and it's just, but it's the same thing over and over again. There's no actual story or anything. You're just playing multiplayer online. Um, if it was like free to play or cheaper, I probably would pick it up. But it, it looks fun. I've been watching a lot of it on uh, on Twitch and things like that. And in those times where I don't feel like watching a movie, I'll just throw that on. The kind of funny guys have been into it, so they've been playing a lot of it. Um, other than that, yeah, man, tons of movies. I mean, what have you been watching? Have you been watching a lot this last week? I know we have a yeah. actually before we before we get into that. Thank you all for listening. As you guys know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each week, Eric and I get together, um, especially during quarantine, over over Zoom, um, talking about what we've been watching, what's going on in the entertainment industry, uh, what iced coffees we've been drinking, um, uh, you know, all that bullshit. Um, if you like this, we also have another podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews, where yes, we are finally putting up new content. It's been a little bit. Uh, we did do a review. You could at say the it's been a while. Yeah, it's um we did do a review when we first started self isolation. We reviewed um what did we review? I forget. I don't know. It's been something it's been decades. Yeah, it's oh, the decade. The Hunt. Uh, the Hunt. The Hunt. Yes, The Hunt was our first premium VOD review that we did. Um and we've been trying to figure out what we want to do with that channel and it seems like more and more you know, VOD or streaming releases are coming out. So right now you can check out our review for um, Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth, which is a Netflix film, as well as uh, The Beastie Boys Story, um, which is a Spike Jones live documentary that's on Apple TV Plus right now. Um, so if you want to go over to Untitled Movie Reviews, we have reviews up for both of those films. And Eric and I will continue to try and... Um, review you know new release premium vod stuff um as well as stuff that's going on netflix apple tv plus uh, amazon things like that uh eric you also reviewed a couple movies for rogers as well that are uh, uh streaming right now as well too right
1: yes so uh blood quantum has been released uh on vod on itunes uh in canada that's oh. jeff barnaby's follow-up to rhymes for young ghouls um, it's playing in some markets like the U.S. and I think a couple other countries on uh, Shutter. So if you have that streaming service in the U.S., and I think it's, um, I'd have to double check, but I think there are other territories that are playing it, but uh, it's available now. And then also uh, Swallow uh, has finally been released in Canada. So you can check that movie out as well, which is uh, a starring vehicle for, <laughs> Haley Bennett, who is fantastic in the lead role, and it's kind of a basically a body horror feminist drama, kind of mimicking the look of a Douglas Sirk, Todd Haynes esque movie. Um, Pretty pretty solid filmmaking. Bennett is amazing in the movie, and actually, I think so far one of the best performances of the year. And something that we can maybe even go into in this episode, because it just uh, was announced, uh, breaking news, that the Academy is going to be accepting VOD uh, and streaming releases oh, wow! eligible nominations.
0: Wow. Did yeah. that just drop, like, right now?
1: Yeah. So I'll read it here. So uh, this is the, uh, the press release. Uh, for this awards year only, streamed films to be eligible for Oscars. Sound mixing and sound editing awards combined into one sound category. Changes in music and international feature film also approved.
0: Interesting. That's yeah. uh, that's huge. So just for this year, they'll be allowing movies to skip theatrical and still be eligible for Oscars. So I, I think I, the I mean, floodgates are going to open but...
1: now and, and you're going to get studios releasing stuff that maybe they were hesitant before not the not the big blockbusters obviously but maybe like something like promising young woman like i could see that getting a release in the next couple of months now so
0: and i mean jumping off that point um there was a not that we're skipping into the news or anything but that's an interesting breaking story but um uh there was some news that universal was thrilled with how trolls um world tour performed on vod saying that it made more and you know, the couple of weeks it's been on streaming, than the first movie um, uh, did in its entire theatrical run. Uh, mind you, that's a little bit complicated because it seems like it made a hundred plus million on demand so far. Um, but they take a, a much larger profit from the movie going on demand than it is in, in cinemas so there's some you know math to do there but i think you're gonna start to see like you said the floodgates may be open because i think during these first what have we been doing this six eight weeks how long have we been doing this i think it's six Um, weeks
1: in total or seven yeah
0: um you you, people have i mean studios have been hesitant right you've seen some jump on i mean we're getting scoob in a couple weeks from warner brothers we're getting um we got Trolls World Tour. We saw some of those other premium VOD um, titles. The King that, of Staten Island, baby. Uh, oh yeah, that's another piece of news. The King of Staten Island, a Judd Apatow film starring uh, Pete Davidson, is is Pete going Davidson straight for to... uh,
1: best actor.
0: Yeah. Hey, you never know, man. The way that this year's going, um, will that movie be three hours long? Probably. Um, it's just it's interesting. I, I'm wondering with this announcement today, like you said, if some of that kind of art house stuff that probably to be honest, like what would a promising young woman would have made in, in, in cinemas, right? Like, yeah, probably like total. Uh, I mean, it's opening weekend was probably going to be fairly low and then it, it would have made a, you know, a moderate okay amount for that movie in cinemas. But if you drop that as a, $20 $20 premium rental. Sure. It might, this sounds stupid, not do Trolls World Tour numbers, but um, I still think there's an audience for that kind of content, especially right now. Cause like, I know I'm jonesing for new movies, which is why I watched something like Extraction, um, which you guys again can check out a review, not a great movie, but I was I was itching for something new right so and me and you are raking been, it in
1: maybe raking it
0: uh, in. We, yeah i got it um we've been notoriously awful for not watching any of the netflix stuff unless it plays at lightbox or something like that right or during um, uh,
1: tiff itself or right? during
0: tiff yeah like we've just been terrible we've just we're like oh we'll get around to it we'll get around to it where extraction uh being the first netflix film in a long time where on the friday night i was like Fuck, I want to watch something new. I miss going to the movies or I miss watching something I haven't seen before, right? And sure, I think it's different seeing something you want to be part of that conversation. You want to be, I can watch something I haven't seen before that is old or older. Um, I have movies that I've purchased even from last year and the year before that aren't very old, but still feel like, you know, I missed the boat on those movies where something like Extraction drops and I feel like, people are jonesing for that kind of new content so they're going to jump in and 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 watch something like that mind you that only costs you your netflix subscription maybe twenty dollars for promising young woman or something like that um there's a ton of movies that probably were in that you know early summer or going into now late summer depending on how this landscape you know Sets out uh, after we get out of this. Um, I I think you're you're going to see more and more movies pop up on VOD, and especially with this news, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, in the next week or two, to see if studios start. I we've the, we talked about this last week. Like the testing ground right now is just animated films, right? Because families are at home together. I think that's an easy target for this kind of stuff. But, um. And then yes, we had Invisible Man, The Hunt, things like that that played in cinemas for a couple weeks or whatever before they went on VOD. Um, but yeah, it'll be I, I'm jonesing for that for new movies, man. So I want that kind of mid tier stuff to start dropping on VOD because I don't mind watching that stuff at home, right? Even some blockbuster stuff. I mean, you mentioned it last week. It'll take something like a a Wonder Woman or or something that's very very big to see how people kind of latch onto this, but. Yeah, that Oscars thing is 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 crazy. You Do know, want it's me to a crazy year. From it, sure, go for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it, uh, here's the uh, eligibility. So it says the film must be made available on uh, the secure Academy screening room member only streaming site within 60 days of the film's streaming or VOD release. The film must meet all other eligibility requirements. So probably just like you know, release strategy, Length, that kind of thing. yeah, Length, yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's, it's seeming to be at least just this year or until movie theaters open. So 2020 will have films like Bavarian, you know, eligible for for awards consideration. But the other thing I think we should also mention, you know, like we're talking about the mid tier movies. I think it also depends on how much control certain filmmakers have on the movie, because I, I think someone like, say, Edgar Wright who has Last Night in Soho coming out in, or was coming out in September. I think Focus actually pulled the date. He's someone that's very adamant, like Christopher Nolan, in not having his films, you know, play on a streaming service. He says he wants people to see them, his movie, in the theater. And A24 has been kind of similar. The uh, You know, shout out to Ben Shane, who's an A24 uh Um, (laughs) fanboy. that motherfucker
0: bought that water bottle today and i had to i had to kind of chirp him on twitter because i was just like i mean i'm a sucker too shout out to ben you i mean i i i love my a24 merch as well um i got him to get me a sweater and the midsummer t-shirt and stuff like that so i'm very grateful but when i saw him tweeting at them being like i can't add the blue water bottle to my cart i'm like it's a step too far ben you don't need the water bottle man well, Anyways, I was looking
1: sorry. at the uh, the mallet uh, uh, on auction to support people. Yeah, they haven't.
0: Yeah, how I haven't are. seen what the I haven't seen what the numbers are on any of those items, but I'm it's assuming it's like seven
1: or eight hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Okay, that's less than I kind of. I wasn't sure because they're all the actual props from the films, right? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Keep going.
1: Oh no, 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 it's all good. Um. Yeah. So it basically, like. They had First Cow come out just as the pandemic was being sort of enacted on and and people, you know, ending up in in lockdown and and staying at home. And their decision was not to release First Cow, uh, Kelly Reichardt's movie, on iTunes the same way that, you know, as you mentioned, something like The Invisible Man or The Hunt or Emma uh, were released because their theatrical... uh, release was cut short so i think it also depends on the studio but i have a feeling because of this being announced we will as you as you mentioned in the next week or so month even be seeing release dates rescheduled for vod uh and studios at least trying to release some of their mid-range stuff some of their animated movies um again maybe not the big 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 movies like something like Pixar's soul even i don't think will be released until theaters open again christopher nolan's tenant obviously um so it, yeah the like, big temple be a-
0: superhero stuff is not going anywhere yeah
1: yeah and like neon is also doing something really interesting right now where they're um releasing a few of their upcoming uh platform movies where they're playing them in uh drive-in theaters on billboards and and streaming services at the same time so the first movie which is coming out next week uh spaceship earth will be kind of like the test for them to release some of their smaller uh movies documentaries independent films a uh, couple of which played at sundance and another um which played at south by southwest the, the virtual version of south by southwest
0: yeah, I'm wondering if if drive-ins will make kind of a comeback this summer if this continues on. I mean, it, it's looking like I mean, you're seeing a lot of different countries, even here in Ontario, they're starting to put together, you know, some messaging on how we're going to, you know, reintegrate back into society and reopen the economy and things like that. And there's no like set dates on on when this is going to be happening, but they're starting to put those plans into place and it looks like it's like a three-tier approach and Uh, each tier will take you know a month or six weeks or something like that before to get to the next tier so it's looking like most places are saying you know other than some moronic uh states in the u.s um georgia opening georgia texas um shout out to alamo draft house for refusing to open their theaters even though they're allowed to uh starting on friday um uh, not that Alamo is perfect. They've had their issues in the past, but I mean, that's a good move. Um, but here in Ontario, it's, it seems like that third tier is when you're starting to get, you know, those uh, large gatherings. And I don't know, um, even these states that are reopening are are saying that movie theaters can reopen with 25% capacity, right? And really, most theaters are probably not going to open until, you know, there are movies to actually support them, right? Because right now there's nothing. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. It still looks like we're months away from getting sold out screenings at places, but I'm wondering in the summer as the weather gets nicer in some places where the weather is nicer, that's fish being fried or, or the sink on. I can't tell if you can hear that or not. No, it's okay. Nevis. Um. And, uh, I'm wondering if drive-ins will kind of make a comeback this summer because that could be, if you have proper messaging and proper social distancing in the sense that you don't. How I would picture it is like you can't really open your concession stand, I would say, uh, especially a a drive-in concession stand that's probably not the most sanitary place in the world. Um, No offense. Um, If you said, hey, you you can come here. You have to stay in your car. Keep the windows rolled up. If you have to go to the bathroom, keep your distance, yada, yada, yada. I could see drive-ins kind of working this summer and being the one place where you might be able to go see a movie on a big screen, even though the drive in experience not super great either. Um, but still fun and and kind of kitschy and and quaint. Um so it'll be interesting. I already saw that like some drive ins have been doing well. There's only I mean not doing well. There's been like one or two in the US that were like the total box office for the whole weekend, right? But
1: And they're all IFC movies. So you have films like True History of the Kelly Gang, which was released on VOD in the US uh this last weekend. And then previously Swallow and The Other Lamb, all of which have been doing quite well, considering uh, in places like Florida. So, um, the, yeah, there are a couple drive-in theaters open. But but then again, like the other thing is as well, not just movie theaters, but like, uh, you know, reading that there are petitions for uh, LA, certain places in LA to open their beaches because the weather is getting so hot already is going to be an interesting test because you you can't have a swarm of people all coming into this one area and 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 sort of you know basically not practicing social distancing and on top of that you have to think like when are we going to ultimately be allowed to be in crowded venues again and i think that won't be a possibility until the vaccine uh has been distributed and i think that's going to take at least a yeah. year to two years
0: which is crazy yeah. um but we'll see man like a, a test here in toronto this weekend i think it's supposed to be you know fairly warm here like 17 degrees celsius sorry those who don't use that but um i'm not going to do the conversion um it'll be interesting to see like this weekend i think is going to be a huge test to see how people handle really you know gorgeous weather in the city and um and hopefully people don't you know go to parks all together and things like that like sure go on a walk get some fresh air enjoy the the sun for a little bit but uh yeah man i don't know i think we're in this for the long haul but we'll see we're starting like again everywhere is different but um i know that we've we've been told that we're at the peak but that means we're only what at least at the halfway point (laughs) um I mean at the earliest the halfway point but I don't know man I've had to make some tough decisions with Nevis on our on our wedding which is crazy and just like I don't know everything's getting you know movies weddings everything's getting pushed to next year it's I'm really curious to see the fallout of everything of like what the end of this year and all of next year looks like it's just like i think a lot again going back to movies and entertainment like i think a lot of this stuff has to kind of go to vod because there's just there's gonna be so much vying for so little time like next year might have a giant movie every single week right like yeah it's (laughs) it's gonna be nuts
1: tenant in january as he said (laughs)
0: i yeah it could happen dude i mean it won't if they punt it it'll probably be till you know next summer um which would be a bummer but i mean it is what it is um all righty let's get into what we have been watching do you want me to kick it off yeah sure um so i think i ended last week saying that um I watched contagion and I started watching, um, the transformers franchise. So, um, since last week I watched, um, transformers, revenge of the fallen transformers, dark of the moon transformers, age of extinction and transformers the last night. Uh, so I've been following along with the kind of funny crew doing their in review series. Um, and these movies are just, just awful, man, just real bad. <laughs> um, I don't know why the first couple made so much money. Um, it's, I, I mean, I loved the transformers as a kid too. So I, I mean, I do have that soft spot for them, but it's nostalgia. Um, it is nostalgia. Right. And most of them are pretty painful to watch. Like the only one I gave, uh, over a two and a half was weirdly age of extinction. And, um, That's only because I kind of low-key really enjoyed the first hour, hour and a half of that movie until they get to China and where the second hour and 15 minutes uh, takes place in China and it's just a nightmare. Um, So if that movie, again, wasn't two hours and 50 minutes and was only an hour and 50 minutes, like if you cut an entire hour out of that movie... I feel like it would have... I think we say this about a lot of the Transformers movies where you're like, okay, if these were in and out, but 140, 150, I would probably be mostly okay with them minus all the racism and, and sexist stuff and, and all the other garbage. But um, Age of Extinction was the one where when it starts with Mark Wahlberg and his daughter and 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 the whole first hour, hour and a half of that movie, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, it's, it's the kind of transformers that I wanted where I'm like, I can kind of laugh at it. It's not like so bad. It's bad. It's like almost so bad. It's good where it's like Katie Ager, the inventor. And like, it's just, it, and it's so ridiculous. And it was kind of intense at the beginning. And I'm like, you know what? I can buy into this stuff. And we are back. hundred uh, percent. My bad or when I talk about transformers, Decepticons.
1: Make- it was the Decepticons <laughs> trying to uh, cancel this uh, review.
0: Um, I forget where I was, I was saying, but, um, just ridiculously long, self-indulgent, um, messy, uh, you know, put everything into a blender movies. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I still like, it was fine to pass the time. They're each obscenely long. Um, and, the worst of the bunch is a um, Revenge of the Fallen and the Last Night. I think are just just god awful movies. Um, the first Transformers and Age of Extinction, I think, are all right. Um, even the third, the third movie, the Dark Dark of the Moon, is like I don't know. It's fine, I guess. But again, I I gave most of them between you know one star and two and a half stars and and was generous with my three-star review of age of extinction which I, I again mind you i was a little bit stoned when i was watching it so that might have been that might have helped actually um and but he
1: has two things going against it already one of which is tj miller tj miller really? yeah and uh jack rayner's character having a license to fuck underage women like it's girls like it's horrible
0: no she's 18 what they say that because
1: like, uh, that, like-
0: oh, the Romeo and Juliet thing is is weird. Yeah, yeah that it's whole creepy. thing is it is very creepy. Yeah, I mean the whole that like why that needs to be explained is kind of creepy. It feels like someone trying to justify something, um, yeah. which is just uncomfortable. But like I like Jack Rayner. I think that also helped like I like him enough. Um, TJ Miller sucks. It, it was nice to see him just get, you know, melted. <laughs> But it's, um, those movies suck, dude. Like, I'm just, I'm excited to get to Bumblebee. I think this will be all worth it to get to that. Um, and it was interesting to rewatch them all because I, I hadn't, I don't think I've rewatched many of them. Maybe the first one I've seen a couple times since it's released because I remember really enjoying that back in like 2007, right? Um, was it 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just trash fire movies. They're just, just real bad. Um, but Bumblebee is, uh, I i remember it being, you know, cheesy, but a lot of fun. And I'm excited to kind of revisit that. And uh, the thing I tweeted out and I kept messaging you, I was like, why are there so many Coen brother alum in, in these movies and, uh, and listed off the predator kind of handshake meme of all the, uh, the different Coen brother actors that are in these movies. So, um, and not all just these them, films, Michael yeah, Bay Michael, has an obsession yeah. with
1: Coen brother actors in general. Like. Even The Rock, which I think is kind of interesting, you have Nicolas Cage as the lead, which at that time he was a viable leading man, you know, co-starring with Sean Connery. But William Forsythe is also in the film, and he's a main supporting actor, character actor, in Raising Arizona, you know? So there's a bunch of of actors, like Peter Stormare has popped up in a couple Michael Bay movies, Steve Buscemi. Um, there's, I sent you a I when, when we were texting yeah. back and forth about this, like, he seems to kind of be weirdly obsessed with Coen brother movies, or at least the actors that pop up in them.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, and all of them are way too good to be in any of these movies. And it's just like such a weird thing on their resume or their filmography to be like, oh, Steve Buscemi shows up and has like five lines as a transformer in a junkyard in in the last night and. I mean, Francis McDormand has a big role in the third or fourth movie. And I mean, obviously, John Turturro's in like all of them. And uh, yeah, it shows up in that one movie. It's just it's uh, and then Haley Steinfeld in, in in Bumblebee. Mind you, that's not Michael Bay, but still the Transformers franchise. So, um, yeah, they're just trash fire movies. So anyways, rewatched a bunch of those. Uh, I got to open my letterbox again. Um I also finished off the DCEU talking about trash movies. Um, I, I love those guys, but they, they're making me watch two dumpster fire franchises because um, they, I, I never got around to finishing Aquaman or Shazam in their DC uh, review series that they were doing. So, I thought, you know, when in when in self-isolation, I might as well finish this shit. So, um, Aquaman I rewatched, which I think is infinitely worse than I remember it being. Um, I remember having fun watching that movie in IMAX and kind of laughing at it, but also having a good time. Um, I think there are moments that are okay in Aquaman. Um, I, I love the color palette and... Um, um, I love when the scenes open up to that IMAX aspect ratio. Some of the fight scenes are okay. Um, but the movie just does not really hold up on a second watch. Like it's just not as fun as that first watch where you're kind of laughing at Dolph Lundgren and his red hair on a seahorse or whatever. Um, but I don't know. It just I was so bored, and it took me so long to finish Aquaman um the second time around. And then with Shazam. I guess I I didn't hate it as much as I hated it the first time I watched it, but I still don't think it's a very good movie at all. And I just don't understand the people who kind of defend both Aquaman and Shazam as being. I mean, I was one of those Aquaman people that, uh, you know, were like, "Oh, okay, this was fun. At least do more of this shit." Um, but when it came to watching Shazam again, I was just like, "No, this is just as bad as I remember it being." And like, why? Neva says she didn't hear me laugh once, which I didn't. I um, I don't know. Just inside, so yeah. I mean, there's that, but I don't know. Just I, I felt like there's a disconnect between how Zachary Levi was acting and how the kid actor that Billy Badson was acting, and I just felt like it, it didn't make any fucking sense. Of like, they didn't feel like the same person, and that movie. I just said like. It's so tonally all over the place where, like, I can't tell if it wants to be like a fun kids' movie or like this dark DC, you know, uh, people getting their heads bit off and thrown out of windows and like violent kind of, you know, superhero movie. And I'm just like, you don't know what you want this movie to be. And it just feels like all over the place. And I just don't understand the people that think that that's a solid movie. Yeah, it's not as bad maybe not as much of a dumpster fire as, as the other DC movies, but like it's coherent at least, I guess. But I I'll take, you know, um, birds of prey or wonder woman over Shazam and Aquaman. Any, I think wonder woman and, and birds of Prey are the only two good DC movies. If, and even then I would give, I mean, wonder woman, I think is fine like a three out of five and then birds of prey I think is the only one that's actually genuinely fun I mean they're making progress but like I don't know those movies are just bad they're very bad
1: and you wouldn't include Joker in this right
0: no um no I'm including the movies that at least have some sort of connection to that universe I think Joker is the best out of those movies I think it's um I think it's Probably closest to i'm very 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 different movies with uh birds of prey, um but I think those are on par with being you know actually good movies that I would watch again and gladly watch again um but i I don't know the Aquaman was just i could not i was so bored and it took me like a month to finish it. I watched it in like twenty minute segments, and um I just could not get through it um i'll finish off what i was watching um like i like i mentioned you guys can check out our reviews of extraction and beastie boy story which are over on untitled movie reviews um i watched one other thing but i'm gonna save that and collect it with a uh, a group of movies we'll be talking about on a future episode (laughs) so um i think you know what i'm talking about kind of but um yeah so I'm just uh that's a little tease um and I think Eric and I are gonna watch a couple other things that fall into this um you know category over the next couple of weeks, and then we'll talk about it on um on a future episode so it's not that we're embargoing on it or anything. I think it'll just be funny or more fun to talk about on that episode, so I'll hold it if you follow me on letterbox, you might know what I'm talking about, but uh and then that was that was it i i been watching some tv we've uh caught up on uh dave uh actually i don't even know we might have watched the entire season before i don't know if i talked about it last episode but um a white rapper yeah a little dicky um Yeah. yeah i did okay so we we finished off the nine episodes that are available or eight episodes that are available of dave um the season finale is this week um it's great. I mean, if, uh, people might know little Dicky, he, he came to fame on, on YouTube with, um, some songs, songs called like, uh, let me, let me freak and, 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 uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff that people would know him from in his early days. But, uh, recently he did, um, like a freaky Friday song with Chris Brown. And he also did like, uh, uh earth which had like a ton of celebrities in it um but the show uh on fx i think is quite good like um it's uh way more heartfelt than i expected it to be it's obviously still very ridiculous and, and immature at times but that's his his persona or his character or, or i mean it's it's loosely based on his career and his life um but nevis and i have been watching it and we have uh really really enjoyed it you'll be laughing at how ridiculous and stupid it is It is at one moment, and then it'll have a really heartfelt or relatable moment the next. So, um, really highly suggest Dave on on FX. We bought the first season for like you know seventeen or twenty bucks. If you have FX, you can just watch it. They're you know twenty five minute episodes, really really easy watch. Um, Finished off Better Call Saul. Uh, the season finale was uh, I think the night we recorded the last episode. So I've now watched it. Um, That show is fucking excellent. The finale was fantastic. Um, And they're, they're leading into their final, their sixth and final season um, in the next, you know, year or two. Um, Other than that on the TV, I want to watch devs and I want to watch tales from the loop. Um, So I've been kind of hovering over both of those, both kind of, you know, Mindfucky sci-fi series one on Amazon and one on FX one an Alex Garland series one produced by uh, Matt Reeves and has some big name directors uh directing some of the episodes so uh like those Mark are in Romanek, my Act, which I didn't yeah, even
1: realize
0: Yeah uh yeah and there's some other people too but yeah Mark Romanek I think maybe directed Jody the pilot Foster. Jody Foster yeah um so yeah lots of tv kind of um filling in the gaps uh, Harley Quinn is still excellent um eric i think you watched some of it right
1: yes i have been watching some of it and bane is my new uh spirit animal
0: yeah bane is fantastic uh we're continuing on to the second season which is um on a week-to-week basis um here well dc universe in the u.s and um on adult swim canada here in um in canada so uh a recent episode that focused on mr freeze what which was excellent um really weirdly touching in a, in a specific moment, but um, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm loving Harley Quinn and, and yeah, the, it's, it's twist on a lot of Batman characters I think is, is fantastic. The voice actors um, are phenomenal. I, I mentioned a lot of them last week, but um, they keep getting really, really great. I forgot Alfred Molina is, is Mr. Freeze. So it's interesting seeing another, you know, a guy who, famously was doc ock now doing a, a dc character and um uh rachel dratch played uh his wife um uh and it was it was a, a very very good episode this last one so we've caught up on that as well
1: yes and screw todd
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> god i am the credit god's reckoning um eric what else have you been watching
1: So uh, I have another review up for The Willoughbys, which is a uh, new Netflix animated film that combines uh, 2D animation CGI. I wanted to watch that. uh, Stop motion. It's kind of a weird uh, film specifically because tonally it's playing more as something that you would see in like Lemony Snicket's or Jacob Tutu or something like that, where the characters in world are, are a little bit darker in terms of a fairy tale or fantasy. Um, it's also uh, very colorful at times and, and it's tactile. It, it has this look to it that um, feels a little bit more sort of realistic, or at least like you can touch it and, and and, and feel the kind of like the fabric of it. And especially with the yarn hair of the characters, but it also is kind of, uh, a meaner, uh, sort of kids movie. Like the, the stakes are more real world, but at the same time, um, they're kind of horrible. Like you look at like Roald Dahl's stuff, you know, like James and the giant peach or Matilda, where in those stories, the parents or the custodian or the, 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 uh, guardians of, you know, the, the child protagonists are, nasty people and it's the same thing with this where you have these two affluent uh parents who do not care about their children at all one of them lives in a coal bin uh in the basement uh, voiced by will forte and so tonally i don't know if it's necessarily for younger kids even though it's again bright and colorful there's even a willy wonka s character voiced by terry Crews. i think Maya Rudolph's character brings a lot of light into the film as as this sort of bad nanny, but she's actually really good, and um, you just kind of feel bad for some of the characters and how they're treated throughout, so again, like, I don't know if it is for younger kids, but I think maybe, you know, people that grew up on Matilda or James and the Giant Peach or Jacob Tutu or Lemony Snicket's if they like those kind of books or adaptations they'll get something out of it um and it's short too it's just it's it's one of those it's one of those films that tonally is trying to walk the line between you know telling a classic family story but also kind of being grounded in a real world of some sort and it doesn't always work and the one thing that kind of does get a little bit grating after a while is uh Ricky Gervais voices um, the pet cat, and he's the narrator of uh, the film. Yeah, His apathetic voiceover is just—it's like, hey, I'm here to tell you the story about the Willoughby children, and yeah, I'm just going to chime in from time to time and uh, tell you what's going on. And it just, it's just—it's like you can tell, like he really doesn't want to even be there, even though weirdly he was the first person attached to, uh, the production, and it's from the makers of, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two. Um, So it does have a, you know, Saturday morning cartoon kind of look to it, but it is also dark and creepy at times. Um, There's an interesting Interstellar uh, joke put in there because in Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey's character pulls out the Willoughby's book uh, in the third act. So they're referencing that as well. But the other thing that was kind of interesting was just finding out who wrote the book. So Lois Lowry is, is the writer. And the only other uh, novel that's been adapted of hers into a feature was that god-awful YA book, uh, The Giver, with Jeff Bridges, if you remember that. And this is completely different to that. I don't want to compare Mm. the two, but it's just interesting to see her kind of, again, writing Mm. in a style that's more, a little bit darker. I mean, it's not as good as something like Where the Wild Things Are, but at the same time, it kind of feels like it's in that vein. So, um. Yeah, I I mean if you like Lemony Snicket's or Jacob Tutu, I would recommend giving it a shot.
0: Yeah, I, I, Nevis and I we've been hovering over it. It was um it looked intriguing. So I think I, I it is another one cuz again, like I mentioned earlier, I've been Jones in for some for some new movies, so I think I'll I'll eventually go check it out.
1: Yeah, and then uh I watched the uh double bill uh because the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs started again on Shudder. Uh I heard so with Chris gonna...
0: Jericho. Yes, or I will that... get to that. <laughs> okay. I, I will
1: get to that. Um so the first uh, the first movie was uh Chopping Mall, which I've seen a few times. I, I think it's a pretty uh horrible uh, B movie horror film from the 1980s where I think I've talked about it actually on this show before. I think so, yeah. Where a, a group of teenagers, horny teenagers, uh hang out at the mall past uh uh office hours or, or or regular hours and they end up getting killed off by the possessed uh security uh task force, which is a group of robots uh shocking and blowing up their heads one by one. Um, it has its moments. It's very short. It's only about like eighty three minutes long, so it never really stays. It overstays its welcome, but it is very silly. Um, the second movie, which was terrible and I had never seen before, but it was a favorite of the already aforementioned Chris Jericho, uh, blood sucking freaks from the nineteen seventies, which was re released by Trauma under Lloyd Kaufman uh, in the nineteen eighties, as like this kind of like you know. Uh, Faces of Horror-esque kind of uh, movie, but basically what it is, it's a, a an S&M uh, theater company in Soho, so like an off, 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 off Broadway production that basically captures women and imprisons them and then tortures and kills them on stage, and the sort of uh, lead um, sort of director of the play and the 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 host who's kind of like this Vincent Price knockoff although he looks a little bit like Eddie Marsan um sort of basically plots this scheme to kidnap a famous ballerina to get mm-hmm. her to dance and kill a film crit- or a theater yeah. critic that doesn't like uh this this guy's work um and in between the shows you go into uh the basement and see people tortured in horrible Ways, although i mean it's very goofy and and it, none of it looks real but like there are scenes where people's eyes are ripped out of their uh their eye socket and fried and then eaten um there's a scene the blood-sucking freak uh is a doctor who literally drills a hole the titular the blood-sucking like, the freak blood-sucking freak is like uh, drills a hole in the head of a uh one of these imprisoned women and sucks uh the The brain and blood through a straw, which is even too much for the guys who run this this show um but in between that uh Joe Bob Briggs sort of talks about each movie and 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 brought on Chris Jericho for this uh this episode, and he talked about how he would watch this movie as a kid growing up in Winnipeg, and like it was one of those weird and creepy movies that he couldn't get enough of and it was actually... He was very charming. Like, listening to Jericho kind of just talk about, you know, his love of horror movies and, you know, where where he's at right now. He's wrestling in Japan uh, quite a bit, and uh, he's, yeah, he's got again.
0: Yeah, he's, like, uh, one of the biggest guys in AEW, which is a, um, you know, a competitor to WWE here in uh, North America now. I think he's the... No, he just lost the championship, I think, to... um uh formerly dean ambrose i don't even know what his name is now <laughs> but anyways
1: <laughs> but yeah it, it was uh it was more fun sort of just seeing them talk about it and 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 what have you but yeah it's it's a cheap exploitation movie from the mid-70s um that is maybe technically a little bit more proficient than say things that canadian movie i talked about last week but it's not as fun and it just becomes almost insufferable watching people be tortured in horrible ways even though again the torturing of these people isn't realistic so i never felt like oh this is like completely disgusting and gross even though it's presenting it in that kind of way but it's like it's just so fake you can kind of get past that but it's also like why am i watching this in the first place other than to listen to the sort of the commentary in between uh the, the 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 showing of the movie so if you're into <laughs> horrible trauma movies from, or, or acquired trauma movies from the 70s and 80s, I would recommend it. But other than that, uh, it's uh, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. True.
0: Fair. Anything else?
1: Uh, no, that's about it. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, all right. Moving to, again, staying at home, which is all we can do right now. Um, on the physical front, I did pick up uh, the first Blu-ray I purchased in probably a while i picked up the criterion edition of the grand budapest hotel um which uh i got in the mail on monday evening uh, i think it's out today correct eric april 28th it is it is and it's um, also
1: my pick as well
0: there we go so we're on the same page uh it's uh it's beautiful it's gorgeous i haven't watched it yet i think nevis and i might even watch it tonight maybe um nevis has never seen it so i'm excited to share that with her it's um Uh, Again, I think it was on both. Was it on both of our best of the decade list? It was on mine. I know. Or I guess my um, honorable mentions. Yeah. um, My favorite Wes Anderson movie, I think. um, I think it's absolutely uh, a fantastic movie. And I can't wait to um, see this Criterion transfer. I think it has a brand new 2K transfer from uh, approved by Wes Anderson. And um, there's some... uh, uh video essays on the disc as well as a brand new um making of documentary um on the inside of the criterion edition there's a gorgeous poster um there's a couple different like there's some poetry and some uh some really cool extras that come with it and then the the actual blu-ray is absolutely gorgeous so um or the the packaging and everything so um I can't wait to put that in I I I popped it in just to kind of see what it looked like and it looked incredible um uh probably going to watch that tonight um an excellent excellent movie
1: i agree a percent um,
0: any other physical picks for you
1: uh no not this week Uh, just double checking right now on blu-ray.com That's
0: okay i can jump into the digital stuff um digital again these are all my I- i'm sorry for people who buy on you know the google store or other places all of my picks are usually from the apple uh, iTunes store. Cause that's where I buy my movies. So, um, 4k movies that are a great deal this week. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, $10 for the 4k, uh, Terminator dark fate, which I actually think is a kind of fun, you know, action movie and probably the, uh, the best Terminator sequel we've gotten since T2. Um, it's $10 for 4k. Um, Hustlers is $7 in 4k, which I think is a great deal. Uh, Charlie's Angels, which I actually didn't mind. Not a great movie, but like for 10 bucks in 4k, that's a, a pretty solid deal. Wizard of Oz, $10 in 4k. Um, I bought 10 Cloverfield Lane for $10 in 4k. Cause I've been, you know, I, I remember really, really enjoying that movie. Um, when it first came out. So I think that's a great deal. Uh, the nice guys, uh, Shane blacks, the nice guys, $10 in 4k, um, annihilation. Speaking of Alex Garland and devs, uh, $10 in 4k. Um, that's a great, great, great deal. Um, what else do we got here? Mrs. Doubtfire, $8 in 4k. Eric, I see it the way that it was meant to be seen in 4k. um, And then The Man from U.N.C.L.E. is $10 in 4K, which I think is Guy Ritchie's only good film. Uh, (laughs) That might be harsh to some people, but it's true. Uh, You Were Never Really Here, $10 under 4K or under $10 in 4K. Um, I know you're not a fan of the movie, but it just had its 10-year anniversary. Uh, Kick-Ass is $10 in 4K. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is $10 in 4K. Um, a bunch of the uh, Batman movies are under $10. Apocalypse Now, uh, The Final Cut is under $10 in 4K. Alo- Apollo 11 Hereditary um there's tons of stuff this week um uh on the itunes store in 4k that's under ten dollars so uh go i keep going and i'm trying to see if there's anything else there's some stuff i could mention but um everything i mentioned there to eighth grade what a movie under ten dollars in 4k uh so go check that stuff out
1: there's plenty of great stuff that's available to stream or uh, rent on iTunes or purchase right now and and again like you know it, it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's so much content but just find something that you really want to watch like to start from there and then just kind of see where that leads you like I always find when you're you know looking on Netflix or looking on iTunes or, or any streaming service and seeing the selection and you spend more time with that selection than you actually do watching Uh, you know A movie or movies or a tv series but just try to find something that that you want to watch not necessarily what everybody else is watching like just pick something that you feel comfortable watching even if it's something you've already seen before at least that's somewhere to start
0: yeah i mean again comfort watches i think are i put jurassic park on last night um and i i didn't finish it but for something like jurassic park i don't mind watching it now in like two parts or something like that Um, What stopped me, Eric, is I was playing Animal Crossing um, while I was watching Jurassic Park because I just, you know, I put a comfort, Jurassic Park's a comfort movie for me. It's my favorite movie of all time. I have it in 4K. You know, I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to play a video game while I'm watching a movie, why not put a movie on that I've seen, you know, a hundred million times? So. Put Jurassic Park on, uh, but then I went on a uh you know a nook miles tour in animal crossing uh, which is this you you go to a you know a secret island you don 't know what island you 're going to go to, you go on a little plane ride, you drop down. I got dropped onto tarantula Island Eric, which like is just Sounds filled fun. with it 's terrifying it 's just filled with tarantulas but um, if you catch the tarantulas, they're worth 8,000 bells each. So I spent, I had to stop Jurassic Park because I had to get into it and stop being distracted. And I had to catch like a million tarantulas as Neva sits down to probably turn on Animal Crossing behind me as she laughs. Um, so I had to stop Jurassic Park right around the T Rex scene um, because I needed to focus on Animal Crossing. So uh, I forget why I was talking about that. Oh, comfort movies. Well, you, yeah. You, I you mean, went
1: from. Uh, uh turnips to t-rexes to tarantulas
0: yeah and i mean there's no actually there are tarantulas in animal crossing um not physically but you dig up fossils and you donate them to blathers the owl that runs the museum um and they just added an art gallery and there's this fox or is he a fox nevis or what is he yeah i think he's a fox that comes to your island and sells you art but some of the art is fake because he steals it um, what N- Nevis bought the right art she was a, an art major and bought a, a real piece of art where I bought a fake piece of art so I was a sucker Nevis got it right but I, I did not um, anyways, I don't know how I got to that. Uh, I think we were talking about comfort movies or something. Just watch it. Uh, I tweeted out, or I liked to tweet the other day, being like, "Oh, you're bored during quarantine? How about trying every movie ever?" <laughs> like, right? Um, yeah. there's, like, there's so much. Like, if you, how can you be bored? Like, I, there's so, there's almost too much, really. Like, I tried to start reading That's what I'm again, saying, like, right? Like, yeah. you
1: feel overwhelmed by it, but you don't even have to think about it that way you can just watch something that you have seen or something that you truly want to watch and it doesn't even have to be something that everybody's talking about on twitter or online right like i find like there's like this course of like oh well i have to follow in to watch this thing be a part of the conversation
0: Nah, watch what you want to watch i watch the fucking transformers movies begrudgingly but i watch them Um, or Eric will watch some, you know, C, C horror movie every, every week on, on Shudder, not even B, B movie. Oh no, no um, Matt, you're being way too nice. It's, it's like, sorry, movie. like, yeah, fair. Um, any trailers we missed? I don't think there was anything this week, right? No, I don't, I don't think no, so. No, I mean, um, you gotta ask we, Nevis something, uh, ask this. Okay, uh, okay, this I will question, relate to Nevis, yeah.
1: Did Eric's asking Nevis triangles? a question.
0: Will she know what that means?
1: Yeah, it's a Seinfeld thing.
0: Did you buy any triangles, Eric says? Do you understand the reference? She is saying, Did I buy any triangles? She's trying to understand the reference. uh, Did you did you invest in any triangles, Eric's saying? It's something you and Eric both like, so you probably know where it's from. She's trying to think. I'll it get might back be a to little you. too cryptic, but say uh, say it's that, a little uh, too cryptic. Did you have
1: any junior uh, mints afterwards? Did you
0: have any junior mints afterwards? He says. These are Seinfeld references. Okay, he says she says I know, but she's trying to figure it out. She doesn't understand the triangles thing. Oh, wait. okay. So the tri- Tor- what? Tor is that something?
1: Yeah. So so basically, what happens in the episode er- is that uh, George. Um, invests in these pieces of art, these triangles that one of Elaine's boyfriends uh, oh, has, and he has to go Elaine's boyfriend has,
0: says triangles. He has art that are triangles from... Oh, that's kind of really... he, he She says that's a deep cut. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but <laughs> Damn it. she's impressed, though. Um, no trailers this week, I don't think. I mean, we haven't... There's been a pause on all of this shit, so... Um oh wait, there was that Venom Venom 2 trailer, which was oh, yeah. uh, which let was literally Carnage. Yeah, it was literally just a title treatment that says let there be carnage. So uh there's that. We have nothing to react to. Um getting into the news, um we talked about it a little bit. Uh Eric mentioned the big changes from the Academy this year, which are huge. We don't need to go into that again, but um Pretty crazy stuff. Um, the other thing you mentioned, uh, the King of Staten Island is getting a digital uh release in June, I think the eighteenth or the thirteenth or something. I'm trying to look Did it up right the 12th? now. The twelfth, you're correct, the twelfth. Um so June twelfth, we'll be able to all watch Pete Davidson in the King of Staten Island from Judd Apatow. Um which I know be an we extra will extra
1: hour because it's available on VOD. He'll just, just, yeah. he'll just automatically put on another hour.
0: Do you think it'll be like two plus hours? Probably, right?
1: I hope not. But I mean, his movies just get longer and longer and longer. And even the movies I like of his are too long.
0: I agree completely. I, I, I like him as a filmmaker, but um, I think his the worst thing about him is even his best stuff is like too long, right? I mean, I'm a defender of funny people and that's way too long. I mean, I like most of his movies, but even his early stuff still got up into the... I remember going, wow, a comedy that's two hours long? Wow. And then they kept getting longer and longer. And then that kind of allowed other people to try and make long comedies. And you're just like, please just... A comedy should be an hour and a half, hour 45. Even if you add some drama and make it a dramedy, no one needs that.
1: Like this is 40. And also just like, again like even though his movies can be quite enjoyable in their hangout films i feel as well like part of it is they date really really quickly because of the references like knocked up as you know the spider-man 3 like oh i went to go see spider-man 3 and at the theater and it's like that came out the same i think the same month or around the same time but now you're watching and it's like oh that's like
0: that really dates the movie (laughs) oh yeah i know um Sorry, I'm getting that hair off my sleeve. Um, what else am I looking? Uh, Daft Punk is going to be score, uh, doing the score for Dario Argento's uh Black Glasses, um, their first film score since uh, Tron Legacy, I believe. Um, does this excite you at all, Eric, or what?
1: Um, I mean, I haven't liked a Dario Argento movie since. The 1980s so, yeah
0: fair like the fair
1: last film of his uh phenomenon which i actually kind of enjoyed um his last movie was I'm, dracula 3d right oh with rucker howard oh yeah shit, that movie is terrible <laughs> um yeah he he has not made a, a good movie in quite some time in my opinion obviously but um i mean i'm curious to to hear what the score is will it be as good as uh the tron legacy score and end of the line Who knows.
0: I mean the Tron say what you want about Tron Legacy that score slaps man it's really really good um and I mean I don't even mind Tron Legacy so come at me whatever um what else did we want to talk about oh last of us 2 got a new release date I know it's not movie news but um I'm excited about it so I'll talk about it but um June 19th release date 1 week after the titular um, man from Staten Island. <laughs> what the fuck that movie's called? The King of okay. Staten Island. <laughs> um, so uh, Last of Us 2 is coming out June 19th. Uh, the other big piece of news there, um, someone leaked the entire game on YouTube and, and put out spoilers for the whole game uh, over the weekend. Um, I've luckily been able to avoid them so far. Uh, I muted all the keywords on, on Twitter and things like that, but, um, they think it's someone who works at Naughty Dog, someone who's, who obviously a disgruntled employee or something like that, because the footage that was released, which was pretty much the entire game or all the big spoilers, um, was a debug version of the game. So, a unreleased, obviously an unreleased version, but it had a lot of the code on the screen and things like that. Um, so, that's kind of shitty and now you're seeing people uh, I've seen a couple people post about like uh who work in the you know the video game industry being like, you know, trolls going on their ins- their personal Instagram pro- profile and like combating sp- spoilers on their on their profile and being like, "Hey, um hope you know like fuck you for coming to my personal page and just posting Last of Us spoilers in my in my profile like you asshole and like um I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily yesterday and um, a Blessing, one of the hosts, was saying that people were already, you know, you get trolls on the internet and because they run a video game show. Imagine like me and you doing our show and we did like, you know, listener comments or something like that during the show and someone came and spoiled, you know, Avengers Endgame or the new Star Wars movie. Like, because it leaked a month before and and just purposely messaging us and spoiling a game. so. Uh, that's shitty. So don't spoil things. I mean, I don't, again, there are different people who perceive these in different ways. I know Eric, you're a person who you're, you're like, if I see a spoiler, you know, whatever, I'd rather see it in context. So it won't bother me that much. Um, you still
1: have to respect other people's. Yeah. Like uh, I don't want to know that shit. Like, I, Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like I'm so excited for last of us to the point where if it, and I think the story of last of us and the story beats are such a huge part of that game. That it would suck to just be spoiled, and now to—I mean—we have to wait another two months, right? Yeah, until the game comes out. So, trying to avoid that stuff is going to be kind of difficult, especially when it's all out there. But um, that horn is on something side. to
1: look forward to, though, as well, right? Like it's something yeah. now that you can sort of build towards. I mean, that's the other thing that I've noticed with a lot of, um, you know, entertainment and release dates, having most of. Uh, you know Hollywood pull the re- release schedule off there's nothing to look forward to so that kind of makes you sit and dwell on things but now if you get something like this you you know can actually be like oh it's coming out you know in a couple weeks now or it's coming from a uh, coming out a, a month from now so it gives you an incentive and a, a goal just to just to keep positive in, in in a way as well right
0: totally agree with that and I mean for me it was um I have that time booked off because I was supposed to get married. <laughs> of
1: course you
0: Because, um, no, I, I wasn't even for the game, like, obviously. Right, right. It's yeah, like, no, it yeah. was for the game. <laughs> it was just yeah, for the game. yeah it's pretend it's for the game. No, no. Um, I mean, I was supposed to get married, and now I'm like, all right, Silver Lining, I can play Last of Us. I'm like, I was going to cancel that vacation, but um, um, now I'll just stay at home and play Last of Us during that vacation because we can't go anywhere anyway. So um And I can't get married, so I'll play The Last of Us. A good second. (laughs) Nevis is giving me a dirty look. I'm just going to stop talking. Uh... (laughs) Um, Seth Rogen's new film, An American Pickle, uh, moves from Sony to HBO Max. Um, Oh, you were just looking it up? Really? Yeah. You're probably on the same news stories as I am. Yeah. yeah, it's a movie about where he plays, like, someone in the 1920s that gets... Do
1: you want me to read it? I'll read the long. Yeah, just, just go. Yeah. An an immigrant worker at a pickle factory is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern-day Brooklyn. So it's basically Forever Young, the Mel Gibson movie mixed uh, with what sounds almost like The Cobbler in a weird way. Um, and it makes me nervous but weirdly excited at the same time. To check this thing
0: out. Sorry, I muted my mic for a second to ask Nevis' question. Uh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. I mean, I'm I love Seth Rogen, and um, that sounds ridiculous enough that I'm I'm totally all in. And HBO Max seems like the the right spot for that. I don't think it would have made any money in in theaters. No offense, but um, yeah. and it'll be interesting. HBO Max, I think, launches in um, a week or so or not a week um, in May or something like that um, here in Canada, we'll be getting a lot of it on crave um, which is unfortunate because crave is terrible sucks. Um, it's awful. They just, I saw um, uh, a mutual colleague slash friend, Patrick O'Rourke who writes over at mobile syrup um, put up an article today Um Talking about how Crave just added 5.1 surround sound on most of their um devices. I'm like, they're just adding surround sound? They only had stereo sound up until now. I'm like, how is that well, possible? Actually
1: it was mono.
0: <laughs> yeah, mono, probably. Like, that's terrible. And their bitrate is so fucking awful. It's just like I I'm I I was talking to again, mentioning Ben again. We were talking about Watchmen and um and uh, he's just watching it right now. I think he just texted me about it. Um, how? And we talked about this when we were watching Watchmen the first time. I don't know, Eric, where you watched it the second go around. You watched it twice now. If it was on Crave both mm-hmm. times, um, but the quality is, is terrible. And I've I've gone onto iTunes and I'm like hovering over purchasing it on iTunes, but it's still like forty bucks. And I'm like the Blu-rays are. $40. And it comes out, I think at the beginning of next month. And I'm like, I might as well buy the the Blu-rays, but, um, I'm bummed that it's not getting a 4k release, but the quality on Crave is just awful. And it's one of the reasons why I just like, I, I can't watch anything on there except for like shit that I don't care about. Like we're watching Nathan for you right now, which is fantastic. Um, I know we're, we're, we're way behind the times on that, but, um, Something like Nathan for you, I don't mind watching it on Crave because who cares what Nathan for you <laughs> looks like? Um, but something like Watchmen, I put on the iTunes and uh, the the iTunes version just like for the things I'm like, oh my god, this looks so much better than what I remember watching this on Crave. And like I I swear to God, Crave feels like you're watching it in 480p like standard definition. It's terrible well, there's
1: so much digital noise i mean i talked about yeah. it as well with watching uh the outsider like the thing that's the worst about it all in terms of the picture quality is anything that's shot at night looks this is terrible. terrible
0: it's terrible it looks like you're watching this pixel like it looks like it's censored like <laughs> they don't want you to see what the image looks like it looks so bad um anyways crave sucks uh they just need to fix their shit. Their bit rate needs to get way better and like that's why like I'm constantly impressed by I mean you know me like I'm a quality dork. So for me to like switch over and watch most things digital, like I've gotten rid of most of my physical. Not I I have my whole physical collection, but I haven't purchased um a movie in a while. The only movies I have like you got me this this gorgeous 4K um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood set from the US um for christmas or my birthday or or one of those um it was and both. Or both yeah so i have that that was probably my last thing i bought this criterion edition of grand budapest but i'm only really buying things right now that are like you know top tier my favorite things that i need to own or collect um but the itunes bitrate and streaming quality is consistently fantastic so it always boggles my mind and netflix is pretty good um amazon's pretty good it's just like for some reason crave just feels like you're watching something in 1997 um uh a hellraiser show is coming to hbo from david gordon green um so moving from one horror icon to another um eric you're the horror guy does this excite you at all
1: I mean, I'm not the biggest Hellraiser fan. I don't mind the first one for the practical effects and some of the sort of more darker SNM stuff. Clive Barker, you know, being uh, the creator behind that and then moving on to Hellraiser 2 or Hellbound Hellraiser 2 and uh, the subsequent sequels became worse and worse as they were uh, DTV releases. Um, it's interesting because they've tried to reboot this thing a couple of times for like dimension films and there was even a version that was going to star uh uh william fichner um at one point uh that i believe todd farmer was going to uh at least write um possibly even direct he's the guy who wrote uh drive angry 3d so you can tell where the quality is uh coming <laughs> from there although todd farmer himself is kind of like a gary widow where he's very interesting to listen to and seems like a nice guy um so I don't mean to slag him in any in any way, but um I mean I'd I'd be curious to see what the tone of it is, especially since it doesn't seem that Clive Barker himself isn't going to have any input on uh Hellraiser, but it, it is also kind of fascinating to see that they are HBO is going horror uh more recently because they have uh Lovecraft County uh coming out as well, uh, the Jordan Peel series, and Jordan Peel himself a, a producer on Nia DaCosta's uh, Candyman remake, which is a Clive Barker uh, adaptation. So Clive Barker's hot again.
0: I, sure. <laughs> I'm curious. I don't know. I, I thought David Gordon Green did a a really good job with Halloween. Um, I'm wondering if we'll get, you know, Halloween kills this year or what's going to happen with that um, or if those will get, I, I, I have a good feeling about that still happening in October but um we'll have to see. I mean, Universal is one of those studios that's being more open with releasing stuff on VOD or doing a dual release, so we'll see, but I don't think well, with something Blum like how...
1: House as well and Jason Blum being yeah. a guy that seems to be okay with throwing something on VOD as long as it makes its money back.
0: Yeah. Um, Star Wars, uh, the rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney plus much earlier than expected on May the 4th, uh, which makes sense. Uh, they're doing a big push with, uh, uh, Star Wars content on, on May the 4th. So they wanted the entire Skywalker saga to be available. Uh, so if you haven't purchased that yet, or you've been waiting to watch it, it'll be available, um, on, on Disney plus in 4k Dolby vision, Dolby Atmos on may the 4th and there's some other star wars content like uh the mandalorian documentary is starting on may the 4th the final episode of star wars the clone wars um will be on uh disney plus that day uh and they're doing a whole bunch of star wars related content on the platform that day uh, la, 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 la. more star wars
1: news also by the way uh yeah russian doll creator uh yes leslie Hedlund, that's a big one. Uh, is going to be at least pitching a a Star Wars idea at least kind of working yeah. on something whether it becomes a new film series or a potential TV show
0: well, the um, rumor is a Disney it, plus show right
1: right or well, i mean who just... knows right i mean right. like, it's yeah. kind of vague that it's just like oh she she pitched an idea and she's kind of developing it at this point
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm curious did you like russian doll did you watch any of it
1: i haven't watched it no
0: yeah, Nevis and I started it, and we got four episodes in, and uh, it kind of felt—I I know the whole concept is obviously repetitive, but like it—it just—it didn't well, get It's Groundhog
1: it, Day, right?
0: Yeah, and it just didn't get its hooks in us. Like I, we, we kind of stopped and was like, I don't really need to watch any more of this. And I know people really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm excited to see what she'll do if if she does something in you know, the Star Wars universe, but um yeah, I don't know. I was a little, you know, hit or miss on, on Russian doll, but um I'm sure there's a ton of people developing Star Wars stuff right now and some of it might see the light of day and I mean I mean the other Star Wars news, there's even more is that Tony Gilroy took over as showrunner um on uh the Cassian Andor series so um, I'm, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but he was one of the writers, I think on the Americans who was originally announced as the showrunner. Um,
1: was it, it wasn't Brian Koppelman, was it?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but, um,
1: I'm going to, I'm going to double check.
0: While you're yeah, it's, I'm sure I'll come across this news when I'm scrolling through right now, but, um, yeah, Tony Gilroy is going to direct at least the pilot and now he is the showrunner on the Cassian Andor series. Um, so, um. so you guys would know that um, he stepped in during the production of Rogue One and kind of took over from uh, Gareth Edwards uh, and directed a lot of this second half of the movie, correct? And then... Uh, yes. Um,
1: and that's that's what I wanted to quickly say. So uh, it was Joseph Weisberg who was the creator of The Americans, but uh, Brian Koppelman interviewed Tony Gilroy on his podcast, which you can listen to right now and on that podcast he talks about the making or the coming on to reshoot uh Rogue One and basically reshooting more than what was even uh announced and i recommend anybody who's a star wars fan or interested in behind the scenes to listen to that interview it is
0: Did he say he directed most of the movie or what? <laughs> yes, yeah, no yeah. he did. He yeah.
1: literally said like they got brought him in to reshoot almost half of the film that he didn't even like star wars that he looked at it more as a uh, a world war ii uh battle of britain movie than anything else
0: and that's what's curious to me of like obviously they they liked what he did with rogue one and they brought him back for this so um for him to be like you said someone who talked about how he didn't care about star wars and now he's coming back to be the showrunner for a star wars series is is quite interesting so um and just continues the kind of tumultuous, you know, history of anyone who's worked on any Star Wars movie or show. Yeah. Like the uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say that the podcast is called The Moment with Brian Coppelman, and it again, it is really worth listening to. I would I would recommend you checking it out as well.
0: Um, do you have any interest in 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 that or?
1: Not really, and I think it's just partly. I I don't know. I I I don't think any of the casting is really interesting to me. Diego Luna is not a favorite. He's just kind of there.
0: And they added Stellan Skarsgård, right?
1: I like him, and and I'm sure he'll be fun in whatever role he has. But yeah, I don't know if I really want to see this specific character. If it was Felicity Jones, I think I'd be maybe more interested to kind of follow uh jenner
0: right that's totally fair um am i missing anything else that you can remember over the last yes you know, i've week got one
1: so? more piece of news which is uh casting now this is obviously uh tentative because you know who knows when productions will officially start up again but uh olivia wilde's next movie don't worry darling Uh, which, uh, the plot is right, right. but it's a, a 1950s psychological, uh, drama about an unhappy housewife just cast, uh, its three leads with Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, and Chris Pine, uh, through new line. And apparently it's top priority, uh, once, uh, things go back to some sort of regular schedule again.
0: Yeah um super excited about that uh, um again book smart as much as i was kind of wishy-washy on it the first uh time i watched it um super curious to see what she'll do next and i mean that's a a great 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 cast so totally totally down for that um some quick uh reshuffling of release dates so um sony came out and reshuffled some of their dates um for things so um that means that Disney also reshuffled some of their MCU stuff again. Um, so Doctor Strange got punted from late 2021, which it already got delayed to, to early 2022. And then Spider-Man three or whatever it ends up being called um, goes into late. It's the October spot or, or November spot. Let me see. Um, I-, I
1: believe it's November. Cause Thor yeah. is in February, right?
0: So here we go. Uh, the untitled far from home sequel moves from July 16th to November 5th. And then the spider verse sequel moves from April 8th to October 7th, which was originally an MCU title date. Um, that means, uh, there you go. Happy birthday. And then the day after my birthday, I get Thor love and thunder or a couple days after. So yeah, that being said, um, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness gets punted um to 2022 um and then thor love and thunder got moved up a week to february 11th so a bunch of reshuffling from sony because of their you know marvel stuff and venom venom 2 also got punted till next year right
1: yeah i believe it's next october i think it's like october the first
0: yeah or i thought it was june it got moved to um. Oh, maybe one yeah, I think it it pictures. was this. I'm pretty sure it was this October. I sorry, I my phone fucked up and I lost the the article I was looking at. Um...
1: Venom. Let there
0: be. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb title. title! I think it's like right near my where our new wedding date is. So Eric, you'll oh, be able yeah, to watch yeah. it. And...
1: Well, I didn't even know this either. So breaking news: new wedding date. Uh, oh yeah, June 25th
0: all right so you, you so, might still be in europe wedding, at that point
1: we we go see uh venom, let venom
0: there be carnage. yeah our nevis and i as honeymoon and we'll just be seeing venom let there be carnage as she rolls her eyes um so yeah a bunch of uh yeah i mean uh, cool i guess I, I don't know and then the uncharted movie got moved up not back so you know it's
1: not gonna happen come on <laughs> yeah are we i kidding? know
0: who are we kidding Uncharted, um, more like
1: unscheduled
0: <laughs> uh, it is scheduled though uh, i know mark but- Wa- mark Wahlberg is sully get the fuck out of here it's the worst um you covered uh don't worry darling i think that pretty much wraps it up for the news oh actually something i'm super excited about um Parks and Recreation is returning this week uh, to NBC for a one-night-only charity special. Uh, It's a scripted, uh, again, half-hour episode of Parks and Recreation where everyone is participating in uh, self-isolation and quarantine. So everyone's coming back and reprising their characters from Parks and Recreation uh, for a one-night-only. Pretty much everyone. Like, who are you saying everyone? Crusader? Oh, no. Uh, no, he's not. But uh, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> Mark Brandanowitz sucks, man. He was only in the first or first two seasons, and he is not coming back. I mean, everyone from season three onward is pretty much coming back to reprise their roles from Parks and Recreation, and that will air on the 30th. Um, very, very excited for that. Parks and Rec uh, is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, I think Michael Schur is in that category of a uh, phil lord and chris miller of being like the one of the best at what they do uh the office parks and rec brooklyn Nine um the good place are all fucking fantastic shows and um i'm very it'll be fun like I, have you watched any of that snl at home that they've done over the last I watched ablut?
1: uh the first episode with uh tom hanks
0: Again, not great, but I mean, I, I like that people are getting creative in how they kind of uh, are handling this situation that everyone's in and and bringing Parks and Rec back for, you know, a one night only charity kind of event where they'll try to raise money during the commercial breaks um, and having all of those people come back as their Parks and Rec Rec's characters is is fantastic. So I'm super super excited to kind of see um how that episode turns out because i think it'll be fun so it'll be like pretty much the main cast is coming back and they said they'll have some special guests drop in so you assume that like ben schwartz will will show up as john ralphio and and you'll as see sonic. some other yeah as, as sonic and then you'll see uh what happens there um did you watch parks and rec at all or no a
1: little bit. I, I, I watched the first couple of seasons and not that I didn't dislike it I, I actually really liked uh Nick Offerman's character Ron Swanson uh, quite a bit Um, but it, it's weird like with TV and me again like it's one of those things where I'm either going to binge an entire season over the course of a day or I take so long to get to it procrastination wise that I just don't but comedy is weirdly the one where like, when I start watching it, it's the easiest. So, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of those shows where, you know, I can throw it on when it comes on Netflix and just kind of enjoy it and go through it, where, like, you know, a drama series, I really do have to sit down and... And be in the right mood
0: that... and, like, yeah. Yeah, and
1: give that eight, nine hours to it and not just break it up into days. Like, I have to just do it all at once.
0: That's totally fair. Um Actually, the new season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine just added to Netflix Canada. It's very good. Um, Nevis and I just finished the finale the other night. It was quite enjoyable. Uh Nikolai? Nikolash, <laughs> Uh They don't mention Nikolaj that, uh, that often anymore. There are some good moments, though. Um, all right. I think that pretty much wraps up uh, the news. Uh, Eric, thank you for taking uh, time out of your very busy schedule to talk with me. Um, so busy (laughs) uh, that's it for this week Uh, Eric and I will be back next week to talk about what other movies have been delayed or what movies are coming to VOD Um, if you guys like this nonsense uh, we do another podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews where you guys can check out our newest reviews for um, Extraction which is now streaming on Netflix as well as The Beastie Boys Story which is now streaming on Apple TV Plus Uh, So go check that out. Um, Follow us on all of the social medias at untitled underscore cast. Um, And again, I know that um, it's a weird time, but we would super, uh, super appreciate if you're listening to this right now, I know it's not the most important thing in the world, but it does help us out. Um, Give us a, you know, rate us on iTunes and, and podcast services. Uh, It really helps Eric and I, uh, you know, kind of, get this podcast out there and chart and, and, and things like that, that doesn't seem super important in a time like this, but um, we really love and we really do love and enjoy doing this every week. And we want to get it to as many people as possible that, so that really, really helps. So please go uh, do that as well. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find uh, all of my work over at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And I'm bumming around all of those social media platforms, but mostly Letterboxd and Twitter at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: And I'm Eric Marchin. Uh You can find more of my reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. There is an interview up with uh, Cursed Films writer, director, and editor Jay Cheel, which I'm very proud of. Jay's amazing uh, to listen to his stories of the making of uh, Cursed Films, which is now available on Shudder to Stream. Uh, and then also, I wanted to quickly thank uh, Noel. Manning Eric, I think you might have cut out show, there right at the end. Um, specifically to discuss uh, you.
0: Some <laughs> you comics. cut out right at the end. Um, That's Eric, everybody. Oh no, there he is. Oh, I'm back. I think you're back. Yeah, you're literally right as in the outro. You're you're you were breaking up. I think you're back now.
1: I, I was just trying to get out early.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
1: well like i was saying uh talking to nobody apparently a, a second ago uh you can find more of my work at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene i have an interview uh with uh cursed films writer director and editor jay cheel uh, which i'm really proud of uh he's amazing to listen to uh his stories in the making of uh cursed films which is now available on uh shutter if you use the promo code uh shut in uh, i still think that's a uh uh, available to use and and it's a 30-day uh trial uh but curse film specifically is really really strong uh as as a documentary series behind some of the most iconic and infamous uh horror movies uh, of the 1970s and uh 80s and into the 90s um i also quickly just want to thank uh uh noel manning for inviting me on his uh show uh his north carolina show uh, i saw in- that yeah uh called uh, meet me at the movies uh him uh, and his son thomas and his uh, uh producer, Greg were very kind and we talked about movies for a half an hour and you know topics about like you know what what films would you want to be an extra on and and you know what are your favorite comfort movies at this time and uh it was a lot of fun and uh fellow uh critics choice member very nice to always talk to and and meet up with at these kind of events at the end of the year uh so thank you so much uh, uh Noel. Um. And you can find me on the social medias at EM6211, Twitter, Letterboxd, that kind of stuff.
0: And until next time...
1: Autobots, roll out.
0: God damn it. Bye, everybody.